Hello, welcome to The Strategist, episode 1047. I'm your host, Annalise Klingbeil. With you, as always, Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan. Oh my God. We're here. We're here. We're here. And a live audience. Uh, and a live with audience. With a live audience at the Grams in Calgary. This is good. We can't hear your dog in the background with his little squeak toy. <laughs> Heather's not making popcorn. We got, this is good. Yeah, How are you feeling? You guys notice how much more lively she is when we put her in front of 400 people? All of a sudden, the energy goes way up. So it's it's an exciting night. It's a good night. Battle of the strategists. You two are dueling it out. Carter literally just finished. Like, as Zane was speaking, he was, I'm not kidding, he was scribbling notes. Uh, there's a lot of blank pages. There's a lot of blank pages there. Well, the, bl- the yes. blanks are where I know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Stephen, you know this is like a 10-minute presentation, by the way. That looks like War and Peace then. 29 slides. Oh, good. Corey, Corey, how many times have you practiced your presentation? Uh, uh, four or five. How, how many times have you practiced yours? Well, in the back there, when yeah. we were waiting for Zane yeah. to stop talking? Yeah. About half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, the last time we actually had a strategy square off was the 2012 election. You were running the PCs. Yeah. I was <laughs> running the Liberals. You wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, there's no teacher like failure, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so, 11 years later, we're back. Yeah, we're You're going to duel. It's about every 10 years. Yeah, uh, you win bragging rights, glory. Maybe we could throw in a Queen's Jubilee medal. I'm I don't told- know. <laughs> Zane's? Could Zane donate his? I don't know. I don't think that's the way those work, but the guy with the, the West of Center t-shirt... Can pony that up. Okay. I'd compete hard so, for that. An audience member is going to take off a shirt, and uh, that is part of what is on the line tonight. So, just to recap, Corey Hogan has a UCP 2023 election strategy as determined by those people who pay for this podcast. That's right. Our, our patrons, our if patrons. I'm saying it correctly. Yeah. yeah. And Stephen Carter has the NDP 2023 election strategy. Uh, so, guys, audience, we want to hear from you as they're presenting cheer, boo, heckle. It's all good. It's all welcome here. Um, you guys feeling good? Are you nervous? Not really. No. no. Okay. I mean, we got their money, as Zane pointed out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At this stage, we could just sit here yeah, that's it. for the rest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> our upside is going to keep our small yeah. talk going all night. Okay, yeah. I have the coin. You have the coin. So I think we should do the, the toss. Because you got your ass kicked in 2012? Oh. <laughs> what did you call it? All right, I will. So are you calling War Room or Archer? I got, I, you know, so this is true. The Canadian Energy Center, the War Room, I named that. You're welcome. I'm calling that War Room. You're yeah. calling War Room? Calling War Room. Okay. It's a private enterprise. What were you doing involved branding it? You're up. You get to You, you get to pick. Yeah, you want to go first or second? You so I won. Talking there. I'm One, going first. You choose that you go first three seconds. Okay. This is called setting the table, folks. It's very important in communications that you go first to set the table, especially if you think you're going to win. Did he just advance the slide? You can advance my slides? <laughs> it's going to be a long night. Still. Don't do that anymore. Zane has already pointed out to me my first error in this presentation, and that is that I've got the NDP strategy instead of the Alberta NDP strategy. (laughs) Apparently putting the word Alberta in front of NDP is going to swing this motherfucker. (laughs) Here's the thing. 2015 is not going to happen again. We had a split. As you can see, in 2015, the results were fairly resounding for the NDP. They picked up a lot of seats. But if you were to add the UCP and the, and the, uh, the PCs, or the Wild Rose and the PCs, making up today's UCP, in fact, the UCP would have won a majority. That is just the reality. That's what's going on. So in 2019, that's what we saw. The NDP held most of their votes, and as a result, were shrunken down to the, to the minority, that, or the, the opposition that we see today. The other thing that we know is that the election period will matter. Hey, Stephen, great, great labels on your slide. <laughs> uh, hey, Carter, it's uh, Zane, Voice of God here. A um, couple things, you know, as I, as I go through your presentation. Um, I want you to be clean on this, but number one, I think we all noticed you were using a soapbox. Uh, and number two... Um, 
Corey, if you can't see, you can do the Kate Winslet arch back pose to, to look at the screen. Okay, I'll, I'll be back. Any errors on these slides are David Coletto's from Abacus Data. Because there is a typo on the next slide, and now I'm afraid to go to it. It is, in fact, David Coletto's Ernst the truth of the matter is, these slides were fucking perfect when I handed them to Zane. We, we fucking Corey. paid money to see this? Jesus Christ. Jesus. <laughs> so the horse race doesn't matter. What does matter is issues. You're going to see the cost of living, healthcare, and the economy are our most important issues. Uh, of those, there are some parties that do better and some parties that do worse. This is how we measure that. You can see that things like climate change, the NDP has a plus 15. Reducing the gap between the rich and the poor, the NDP have a plus 10. Um, the, the issues at the bottom are all NDP, including one that we really care about, which is health care. Uh, unfortunately, the other things that we care about, like cost of living, is a push uh, between the NDP and the UCP. Above that, you can start seeing things like protecting the rights of gun, gun owners, also things we don't care about that much. But managing the Alberta economy, it turns out that we believe the UCP will be a, do a better job. Apparently, four years of evidence matters not at all. <laughs> so the horse race doesn't matter. Right? But what does matter is how the vote is actually differentiated by gender and by age. You can see that if you're under 45 years old, how many people are under 45 here today? There are some of you that just lied because you're liars. You will matter. And unfortunately, of course, that's the least likely demographic to vote. So more of them are likely to vote NDP, but fewer of them are most likely, or will vote at all. You can also see that the NDP have an advantage with female voters. This is interesting because one of the t cohorts that tends to be the last to decide are women voters. Women voters tend to decide late in the process, so when we're seeing the NDP and the UCP tied, that probably indicates some sort of benefit for the NDP at this stage. Horse race doesn't matter, women voters matter. Okay, does that make sense? Everybody's on board? Everybody's with me? Couple people down here at the front, not doing so well, but we're gonna keep going anyways. Okay? Region. Turns out the NDP are probably gonna win Edmonton. I think we can all agree. Who thinks the UCP is gonna win Edmonton? Yeah. That's that one guy from Lethbridge that introduced himself. Happy to have you on board. You'll note the Calgary's uh, right now on this poll from Abacus is a push. And then we get to the other areas, and it turns out that the UCP is doing quite well in other areas. There are a couple areas that that breaks down, but we'll talk about that as I get move into the presentation. There are, of course, four key voter segments. Uh, the first is the loyal UCP. Loyal UCP is the largest voter segment in Alberta. We have voted conservative in this province forever. It is our natural spot. That is where we begin. We vote conservative. 29%, one in three, are voting for the UCP. Another big chunk, 24%, are voting for the NDP. Then you'll see that there's a bunch of people who are actually going to switch to the NDP in order to stop the UCP. That's called the smaller parties. We invited them to be here tonight, but we couldn't reach anybody. <laughs> and that leaves us with one of the most important subsets, and that is the reluctant UCP. The reluctant UCP voter tends to be female, they tend to have voted in for the UCP and the NDP at least once before, but they voted UCP in the last election. They voted for jobs. They voted for pipelines. That's, and they voted for economic recovery because they believed that the UCP could bring us that. They are concerned now because they are moving their votes around. They are not likely to vote for the NDP. They are not likely to return to that. That is a step too far. So the NDP has two jobs. Move those 10% of the voters from the smaller parties over to the loyal NDP and make sure that the reluctant UCP voter does not come out. Make sense? Who understands? No one. Perfect. <laughs> so we have to keep them home. This is what's showing that. So you can see that in 2015, 
in 2012, like there was significant voter turnout differences. Right? When we add everybody together, 2012 had a huge voter turnout, mostly because I was running it against Corey. 2015, huge drop in the number of people. Even though the UCP would have won the election, we still saw a significant drop of the number of people who actually voted for the UCP or the, the, the wild rose and the, and the PCs together. We have to return to that. That is the easiest way to ensure that the NDP wins the election. So how do we do that? Well, first of all, we have to accept that it's not a province-wide race. Obviously, the first area is Edmonton. Oh, Calgary. Edmonton. <laughs> there is one seat to pick up there. I think the, uh, the NDP will do it. If they don't, they don't deserve to form government. Okay? Um, Casey Madu is, is running there. I'm going to say that one more time. Casey Madu is running there. My aspiration in life is to be a laugh line. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Hogan. <laughs> see, see I, when he did. Okay. Secondary is the Edmonton region. Now, these are the, uh, sometimes it's called the donut. Sometimes we, I call it the horseshoe because I don't think it's shaped like a donut because one whole side is missing. Um, but, you know, the NDP call it the donut. We're here with their language today because we're trying to be inclusive. <laughs> the Edmonton region super important. And right now there's a bunch of pickups. You can see the light, or or the light orange will be three likely pickups for the, uh, for the NDP if they're able to work through it. The blue seats are a little bit more tricky. I'll talk a little bit more about that region. <laughs> it's apparently Tahoe is the color. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, sure, we said interact with us. What we didn't say is interact with us if we don't want to hear from you. Okay? It's a different thing. It's touch and go. I can see why you're confused. Zane made it sound like it was something we wanted. <laughs> we do want it for Corey. And Zane, I can hear you touching the microphone. The next region is Lethbridge. Um, Shannon Phillips is the MLA in Lethbridge, uh, Lethbridge West or East, one, no one really knows. And the other one's up for grabs, and uh, it is attainable. So that one, I think, is something that can be uh, almost counted on at this stage. And then, of course, we bring in Calgary. Now, Calgary is where you see the most yellow in, <laughs> on, the, on the map. And you also see some of that teal color. There, there is both... Uh, ridings that can be picked up and ridings that are a stretch to pick up. But Calgary is, you know, if anybody here is decent at math, no one here is decent at math, is the area that we really want to focus on. Um, but we need to, in order to do that, we have to recognize the NDP's strengths and weaknesses. The NDP does not do ground game. They want to do ground game. They want to understand how to do ground game, but they're just not good at it. And part of it is that they started off in Edmonton, you know, four seats, eight seats, ten seats, depending on how far back we want to go into the 1970s. They have never been a multi-city, multi-area party before 2015. And you're going to be shocked to find out, you're going to be shocked to find out that 2015 wasn't really their win so much as it was Jim Prentice's loss. People weren't voting... <laughs> Scattered applause, Stephen. You're doing great. I believe that was a former PCMLA who did that. <laughs> I'm not naming names. I'm not here to shame anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, hell of a race, Linda. Hell of a race. If the NDP wants to win this election, they have to establish ground game. They have people who do great digital ads. Zane Velji, for example. They have people who do good media relations. Uh, Jeremy, if you're here, probably not, because he sounded a little testy on the phone today. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jer. Um, but anyways, the point that they have people to do that kind of air war function. They're not bad at the air war. Where they're missing out is that extra 5% that they're going to need if they're going to win by six votes over Linda every single time in 2023. And that's what they have to be thinking about. They have to think about winning by six votes every time. Their whole structure, though, is set up to create air war. Everybody that they have is a captain. No one's a corporal. 
No one's a private. We need corporals, we need privates, we need sergeants, we need people on the ground. And the way to do that, just I'd like the computer to still be there when it's my turn. So. <laughs> It's okay, it wasn't really the thesis of my strategy that I was about to make <laughs> before he came and took the water bottle from me. The way to do this is to create regional accountability with their lieutenants and captains. Therefore, we must set aside in the Edmonton region a captain who will be responsible for that race. I'm going to name Jerry Scott. That's not a name that anybody knows. No one should know that. But he's a key captain in the NDP. He has to be responsible for Spruce Grove, St. Albert, Sherwood Park, Strathcona, Sherwood Park, and Fort Saskatchewan. Because if he's not responsible, then the work's not going to get done. Because they will not allocate the resources. They will not understand what's happening on the ground. So Jerry Scott needs to be their person. And he needs to report back every single day, not on what we need to do in the war room, not on what needs to be done for advertising. He needs to report back what needs to be done on the ground in those four ridings to make sure that they go orange. If they do not, if they do not have that, then they can't win in the Edmonton region. I want a Calgary Northwest region set up. Calgary... That was not a laugh line. <laughs> I mean, I'm always surprised when you laugh at my laugh lines. You've heard the podcast, often they don't work. <laughs> Calgary Northwest, Calgary Foothills, Calgary Hawk Hawkwood, these are all essential ridings. They need to be, they need to be managed. Calgary Bow is, the candidate is Drew Farrell. I mean, she wasn't going to win her election in, as a councillor. And now she's a star candidate for the NDP. She needs more help than any of the, most of the unknown candidates in the NDP. They need to focus and they need to put people in there. I would recommend that um, Jim Rutkowski, good friend of ours. Love Jim. Jim's a great guy. He should take Calgary Northwest. We need to assign Cheryl Oates to Calgary South in Acadia, Fish Creek, Glenmore. Those areas aren't going to be won if there's not someone who has the Premier's ear every single day. And Cheryl Oates is the one who whispers to the Premier. Cheryl and the Premier will go for a run and good things will happen. It is the only time ever that good things happen from a run. <laughs> Calgary Northeast. I mean, obviously, these seats are massive. This is a block that the UCP should lose. These seats should be lost. They, they, they shouldn't even be hard, but they will be hard because voter turnout's a bitch in the Northeast. So you know what you need? Ground game. And I'm going to put Nathan Rotman, who is right now supposed to be the campaign manager. Fuck that, Nathan. You don't need to manage shit. You need to get your ass down here and manage Calgary Northeast because that's where everything matters. This is and so inside ball. <laughs> Carter, you gotta wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> You're over ten minutes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, if that was Zane, I wouldn't care. <laughs> Messaging structure. Simple. All messages need to be put into two categories. The NDP works for us. The UCP works for them. Right? $80 million on children's medicine. That didn't help us. That helped someone else. The war room. The energy war room. And I see you right there. I see you right there. I'm not saying we have someone from the energy war room there. But he's right there. <laughs> Don't raise your fucking hand, Steve! This is not the audience! Putting us first. I want the NDP to say you, we, us, then them. Right now, every single communication starts with them. The UCP, the UCP, the UCP. Fuck the UCP. Tell me about me. Please. <laughs> it's us, we, you, then it's them. And then it's the promise, the NDP promise that comes in. How does this work? You want a better health care system, one designed for you and your family, but Danielle Smith wants to privatize and commercialize your doctor's office. Rachel Notley's NDP are proposing the largest ever investment in primary health care, frontline doctors, nurses, and other health professionals. Because that is messaging. 
This is about Rachel. It's Rachel-centric. Zane, did you find Rachel for me? I hope so. I hope yes, you did. I'm here. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you asking me here tonight to hear your winning strategy. As you know, you have always been my favorite strategist. <laughs> that, was, that was unexpected. I'm sorry, what, what value did that yes, add? Yes, I'm here. Just Thank you, going. Stephen. I appreciate you asking me here tonight to hear your winning strategy. Rachel, just the once was fine. When I ask Albertans for their number one issue, it is always health care. Albertans, especially those of us who are taking care of family members who are aging or have children, are demanding better health care options. And I don't blame them. Danielle Smith has been clear. She favors American-style insurance privatization, where the strength of your health care service is tied to your wealth or your insurance package. Her proposal for private accounts to pay for primary care is one concrete example of her goals. Not me. My government would make the largest ever investment in primary care, making it easier to have your own doctor and access the care you need when you or your family need it. This election is so important. Make sure you are voting for the Alberta NDP on May 29th. You know, you give Rachel a fucking microphone, right? <laughs> and you just can't shut her up. I hope she's listening. Hi, Lou. We do have seats set aside for Rachel and her entourage up there in the back. They didn't use them. The other thing they need to do is they need to do negative negatives. They need to, let me just read this for you. They need to attack the NDCP. They need to fucking destroy them on issues, on performance, on ethics. Why do they need to do that? To keep the reluctant UCP voter home. So the first set of communication is for the, the people who will be voting for the NDP. The second set of communication is for people who don't want to vote for the UCP. Right? Two sets of communication. It turns out that they're both required. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the winning strategy for the NDP. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. All of a sudden, I'm seven feet tall. <laughs> Let's move that there. Okay. I, I wasn't lying about the soapbox. It was really a soapbox he was standing on. That is, that is, in fact, the soapbox that he would not get off. Uh, hey, everybody. It's really great to see you. Uh, we all really enjoyed Stephen Carter's uh, voter suppression and AI-based strategy, I'm sure. <laughs> I called Rachel. She voiced yeah, that. Okay, it sure. sounded human, yeah. right? Yes. More human than Rachel. No, I oh, lost geez. the audience right You lost there. the audience. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the uh, UCP. We've just enjoyed a good four years of UCP government, and since good strategy comes from good analysis, I thought maybe we should start with a bit of a trip down memory lane. So, of course, there was the post-GSA repeal fountain celebration, you know, when MLAs concluded the first session by repealing support for GSAs by playfully splashing in a fountain. Uh, there was the time age payments were moved from the end of the month to the start of the month, which caused some chaos for the most vulnerable Albertans. There was the election commissioner who was investigating the UCP who was fired. So there were coal mining on the eastern slopes. The government flirted with that. The curriculum draft that had first graders learning... First graders learning Bible verses. Uh, there was the $1.3 billion investment in KXL, which was a bet that Donald Trump would win the U.S. election. The anti-energy campaign inquiry. The energy war room. Shout out to the energy war room. <laughs> soaring electricity rates. Soaring insurance rates. I know this is a strategy for the UCP, right? I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Park closures. Tearing up the contract with doctors in a pandemic. Tyler Shandro uh, fighting with doctors about the same. Casey Madu calling a police chief about a ticket. Rules for thee, not for me. Leading to drinks at the Sky Palace and vacations during lockdown. The premature declaration the pandemic was over. Buying unapproved children's Tylenol at high prices that will likely never be recouped. An Alberta Sovereignty Act that at one point was even going to give cabinet the powers to unilaterally rewrite laws. Our star giveaway to companies for doing what they're already legally obliged to do. Accusations of interference in the administration of justice. More accusations. Some concerning comments by the Premier around her authorities. And of course, this says nothing about uh, some recent comments the Premier's made that have to be walked back or disavowed. 
The idea that cancer can be cured through good nutrition. The unvaccinated are the most persecuted group in her lifetime. Health savings accounts are a great way to privatize health. Ukraine should give the Donbass to Russia. And that she had indigenous ancestry. <laughs> okay. So, so, we haven't even gone to the historical takes. <laughs> There was the idea that smoking, the anti-smoking lobby did more harm than good. School kids didn't need computers. You know what? Only so many slides a man can make. There was also the idea that you would feed tainted meat to the homeless as long as you cook it. <laughs> bottom line, bottom line, probably don't run on your record. Oh, what a setup. What a setup. So, let's ignore the past, let's stick to the present and the future. And given everything I've just described, the present actually doesn't look that bad, does it, right? Here are the last eight polls in Alberta. Of course, we will treat as gospel the only one in which the UCP is leading, the Angus Reid one from last month, which has somewhat inexplicably the UCP up by seven. It is an outlier, but let's see what it tells us. Well, actually, that's not great if you're up by seven in the poll. It says that uh, Daniel Smith has strongly disapproval rating of 38, overall disapproval of 49, net approval of minus three. So maybe we should move on to the horse race numbers here. Stephen talked about them a bit. I'm not going to tell you anything different. UCP's up rural, NDP's up Edmonton, Calgary split. We always talk about needing to win two of three regions in Alberta. Stephen created like 80 more tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> Here's the, here's the simple version. Each team starts with one region, right? It all comes down to Calgary. And let me illustrate that a little more. That's validated by other polls. If we look at the work of PJ Fournier, who does 338 Canada, he, he aggregates polls and he also does seat projections. And what he's seeing is that of the 22 seats that are leaning or toss-up, 14 are in Calgary. 14. And by the way, that star next to Calgary North, if the UCP managed to get five of those 22 toss-ups, boom, that's the ball game, right? So let's make that a little more clear. This is Calgary. This is the city you're in. You are here. <laughs> this is where the election happens. This is the battleground. This is suburban Calgary. This election, these 14 ridings are everything. If the UCP wins a third of these, the UCP wins. So first conclusion here, it's about persuadable voters in that suburban Calgary geography. The voters who are already with the UCP, we ignore. The voters who will never be with the UCP, we ignore. What do we know about those voters? What do we know about their issues? If I was an actual party strategist for the UCP, I would have polling on that, I assume. But I don't, so we're going to approximate it by blending some of that Angus Reid data, that good Angus Reid data, <laughs> together. We're going to look at Calgary. We're going to blend in a little bit of rural because we're talking about suburban Calgary. And then we're going to mix in the undecideds to get what we need. And so, <laughs> these are the most important issues to the only voters you care about if you're the UCP. Cost of living, top issue of 76% of those people in the top three. Economy jobs, 37%. Healthcare, 36%. Note that economy jobs actually jumped into second place on this one. So the voters' top issues, the issues on which we'd better have some good answers, are affordability, jobs, economy, and healthcare. And oh, what's this? Is this the current UCP website? Is this a summary they have right at the top of their priorities? Cost of living, increased jobs, strengthen economy, improve healthcare? It seems they have actually already figured this out. They've figured out what I've said so far, not providing them a lot of value for money if they were looking for that right now. <laughs> All of their homepage content is about these issues, plus a little standing up to Ottawa, because you know, UCP got a UCP. <laughs> there is a real emphasis on jobs and economy there, too. So let's dig a little bit deeper here. Yes, those are those issues, but some of them actually feel like weak ground for the UCP, right? Stephen, Very weak. Even yeah. Stephen Carter would agree, mm -hmm. right? The slowest horse. What? You're what? right now giving a strategy that the UCP themselves thought of, so... <laughs> what should the UCP put in the window? Huh? Well, an excellent abacus poll from December, which Stephen already talked about, identified that the UCP was more trusted on the economy, NDP more on healthcare, and a bit of a wash on cost of living. Not new content, he said it. I'm pretty sure you weren't paying attention, though, so I thought I would say it again. 
That really tells us the focus is proactively communicating the economy, but having answers for healthcare. What do we mean by that? Whenever the NDP's ground comes up, whether it's healthcare or anything else, we bridge back to a strength. Every problem goes back to the NDP and Justin Trudeau, deeply unpopular in Alberta. Every solution bridges back to the economy, which is the UCP's box. So just look at these two conspiring to weaken our province, right? <laughs> Justin Trudeau, Rachel Notley, for those listening at home. Here's how it goes. Everything you didn't like, we had to do because of the NDP-Trudeau alliance. And do you really want to risk the NDP being re-elected and us having to do all those bad things again? You've got to think about that. You've got a problem that spending was cut on social programs? Well, I'm sorry, the NDP tanked the economy. You've got a problem with the Alberta Sovereignty Act? Well, I'm sorry, but that NDP-Trudeau alliance surrendered our economy to Ottawa and Ottawa's fever dreams. But hey... Don't worry about it. Daniel Smith fixed the mess, and happy times are here again. <laughs> Healthcare fixed. Education fixed. Jobs fixed. How did we fix it? Through our great work on the economy, the prerequisite to world-class services. Okay. So all that's really missing is a story. Here's the story. It's morning again in Alberta. <laughs> Today, 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 we woke up in a province that has returned to conservative roots that made us such a success story. Practical, community-focused, sensible, free. A people of small government and big ambitions that are taking center stage again, creating prosperity, prosperity that fuels the best, most compassionate social programs in the country. Now, hold your booze. We've been through a dark night. We lost our way for a while, and NDP government did their best to tear down everything that had lifted Alberta up. But under Danielle Smith's leadership, jobs are up. More people working than ever before in Calgary. Today, a man in Calgary will start an oil and gas business that will give five other Albertans good mortgage-paying jobs. Healthcare is improving. A woman in Chestermere will get the surgery she needs to play with her kids again. And Albertans are being shielded from rampant inflation that an NDP Liberal coalition has put on us. Direct cash to seniors and vulnerable Albertans, lower income taxes, natural gas and electricity rebates, help with fuel prices. In fact, we are now making record investments in education and social supports thanks to the prosperity and government surpluses. And here's who you have to thank for that. It was generated by Danielle Smith and the UCP. So it's morning again. And it will stay morning in Alberta as long as we can keep Trudeau out of our backyard and the NDP out of our kitchen. So, as for all that other stuff, you know that record we were talking about? <laughs> Forget about it. You already did. That was five minutes ago. You all forgot about it. <laughs> okay. So, we've got a message. We've got a story. We know where we're targeted. Let's talk about the biggest risk to the plan, what we in Alberta like to call bozo eruptions. <laughs> but... For a bozo eruption or two in 2012, Danielle Smith might have been premier a decade ahead of schedule. The election that Stephen and I both were running in, that was fun. She, led for, she led for most of that election, though. She led for most of that. I had lunch with Stephen, by the way, and I've never seen him look worse in my life. <laughs> he thought he was going to be the guy who brought down the PC dynasty. Wasn't you, Stephen? You got, you got out of there. It's okay. We've actually seen a bozo eruption, seriously, though, in this last week. This was the candidate from Lethbridge West. I'm not going to give more airtime to her views. It's time for the local strategy. Candidates need to say nothing. <laughs> say nothing. Produce nothing. And be nowhere. Produce no campaign literature of their own. Be nowhere they might end up in a haunt mic situation. We can't allow the distraction. They will use central literature, central comms, and just mechanically knock doors, avoiding all controversy on said doors. Someone wants to engage you in a conversation? That's a real interesting thing. Here's somebody else to talk to you about it. I've got to go on to the next door. <laughs> the entire campaign, everywhere, 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 every riding, every little rural riding, every little hamlet is tailored towards suburban Calgary. Nothing will bleed into Calgary that isn't going to resonate with Calgary. 
We don't want anything or any one official speaking to any other audience or any other message. We need to win five seats so you don't screw it up. Now, will the internal UCP community like this? They will not. They will hate it. They will hate being told what to do. But here's the good news if you're the UCP strategist. They hate the NDP more. So tell them about the Trudeau, Notley, Singh, Soros, Third International Conspiracy. <laughs> to take things out of context. And they'll shut up. They'll do it. Right? And sure, send your winking proxies everywhere. Proxies are easy to disavow, but candidates can't blow it. Candidates need to play error-free ball to win. And playing error-free ball will upset the tall foreheads and the NDP who will pout and say, oh, I don't like Rachel Notley's calm strategy, so I'm going to stay home and eat Cheetos instead of being in the fucking election. So they're going to do this. And if something might distract them from that message, if this is the last and most foundational strategy I tell you, it is that the UCP need to set the agenda. They do not let themselves be taken away from their story. If something risks taking them off the agenda, deny, deflect, distract, and if necessary, drop. It's the 4D strategy <laughs> for candidate management. Deny. You're not interpreting me correctly. I spoke imprecisely. There's no problem here. <laughs> deflect. Blame the NDP and liberals. Our hard decisions were a result of their bad decisions. Distract. Just throw a dead fucking cat on the table. <laughs> Say something harmlessly crazy. And then finally drop. Last resort. Lose the candidate. Do it quick and do it ruthlessly. Use it as an example to show your moderation. And that's it. This is the optimal UCP strategy. It's morning again in Alberta. I do hope you enjoy four more years of conservative rule because Stephen didn't give you shit. <laughs> There we are. So, give it up for our first segment, Battle of the Strategists. Corey? He went long, too. Carter Eaton. <laughs> I, I had strict instructions to keep us on time, and then that was just thrown out the window. So we're going to be here all night, guys. It's going to be go. good. Uh, get their money's just, worth. Before we get into our next segment, Curveballs, do you just have like a rapid response, lightning round? This was really good. Okay, this was good? This was okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, listen, like, I, I think that they, the parties have different challenges, right? right. I, I think this is something to underline. I, I do actually agree with Stephen that one of the challenges the NDP has is conversion. It's actually making it real on the ground in a way that reinforces their air war. If you're the UCP, that's not your problem. Your problem is you can't let anything pollute your air war, right? Yeah, exactly. So you've got to focus up. You've got to keep it on the issues that matter to those suburban Calgary voters because they'll get scared. You know, if an issue comes up that really causes them to question Daniel Smith's judgment in the middle of the election, let's be really clear. The 2012 example, quite relevant. Had Danielle Smith in it, right? She could lose the election for the UCP like that. She was leading three or four weeks in that 2012 election. I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but what I liked about the two presentations is that they each targeted the weaknesses of the organization that we were actually talking about, right? The NDP's weaknesses are different than the UCP's weaknesses. Therefore, the strategy has to be different. So the strategies were different. Good job to both of you. Moving on to our next segment, oh, curveballs. Okay. Right. Curveballs. We don't, we don't have all night, Carter. Okay. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to throw a scenario at you. Uh, and you're going to tell me what you would do. It's, it's the election. This is happening. What would you do? How would you respond? We're going to keep it tight. So I'm still the NDP? You're still, yes, of course. I just want, maybe the curveball was we switch. I mean. You were the NDP. It is not a curveball for Stephen Carter to switch political parties. Let's just clear <laughs> out. You're, okay, so, so that we're all on the same page. Stephen Carter is running the NDP okay. strategy. Okay. Corey Hogan is running the UCP strategy. But one week has passed. Three weeks to election day. Nice. Uh, two star, big news, two star NDP candidates in Calgary, where you need to win. Okay. Uh, they've been arrested for impaired driving. <laughs> <laughs> there was a campaign event downtown. Everyone was there. Media was there. Police hanging out a couple blocks away. Two NDP candidates. Stars. Star candidates. I'm not going to name names. I think it's Joe and Drew. <laughs> I'm not, not going to name names. Oh, 
Stephen Carter. I see what you're doing. I shouldn't have named it. It didn't actually happen, happen. Stephen. Okay. Stephen Carter. Stephen Carter. What? This is a curveball. It's a scenario. Yeah. It's a hypothetical. How does this change your strategy? Drop them. <laughs> Drop them immediately. Do not. Like to Corey's point, right? The, sure. It's it's known that the UCP can't afford a. a uh, a Bozo eruption. That's just known. Everybody understands that that's how they lost in 2012. But the NDP can't either, because the NDP right now is Rachel Notley, and being upstaged by two candidates that don't know not to drink and drive. Period. Let alone in an election period, um, they need to they need to so be you, gone. You drop them, and then you drop. Even if you're going to lose those seats, you drop those candidates. They're just gone. They're gone. Now you've got to win two more seats somewhere else. Because if you don't drop them immediately, you will look like Danielle Smith in 2012. You can't look like Danielle, number one. And number two, you have to be the party of right and wrong. Because we can't count on the UCP to know right from wrong. Corey Hogan, does this change anything in your strategy? I, I mean, if I was the UCP campaign manager, I wouldn't touch it with a 20-foot-and-a-half pole. You know? Okay. Leave it there. Here's why. why. It's important. Because that doesn't make any sense. Because have you met UCP candidates? No, I'm I'm serious, though. Scott Moe Moe in in Saskatchewan, not UCP, obviously, but obviously there's some drunk driving charges there. The fact is, if you're going to have rural candidates where there's a different view of drink driving, you've got to consider that there may be a few skeletons in your team's closet. And the minute you go hard and it comes back to you, what you've done is you've owned gold. Because what he's doing is he's self-imploding. He's losing valuable days, even if he does his strategy. And the NDP need those days because they need to play relatively error-free ball themselves. They've got to get three-quarters of those Calgary seats, not the one-quarter that the the UCP is after. Okay. Good answer. Smart. Good answer. Uh, Two weeks to the election day. supportive of drunk driving, though. (laughs) Loves it. Loves it. Two weeks to election day. Surprise. Uh, CBC has a big scoop. Fake news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elise Von Shield, they're at it again. Uh, breaking news story, they've got a video. It's two hours long. Um, and it's, it's a dinner. It's a dinner between Archer Pulowski, Daniel Smith, and two Crown prosecutors. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the video. Two hours. It's not. It's not an AI video. It's like CBC has their lawyers have oh, okayed no, it. CBC called it not it's, AI. Sure, it's, okay. uh, it's legit. A two-hour whole video. Archer filmed it. Crown prosecutors Daniel Smith, Corey Hogan. How? What? What do you do? How does that change your strategy? You can't drop the leader. So I guess we're just going <laughs> to deny, deflect, and distract. It's not real. You saw what he did with AI a minute ago. Not real. There's no evidence. That the Luddites at the CBC, they don't know. I mean, it's just like this is the world we live in. It's very alarming that people can do that about a candidate. That's why we're going to introduce legislation to get rid of these fake videos. Plus it proves that she didn't make the phone calls. Yeah, she didn't make a phone call. She didn't call. make the phone call. It was a dinner. It was dinner. No. She's never been That's lying. not the strategy. <laughs> then you move on to the next thing. You know, the idea that she's talked to Arthur Pulaski, not news. Already said that she was imprecise with language around conversation with prosecutors. Next question. By the way, the only reason we're in this mess to begin with is because of the lockdown politics brought to us by Justin Trudeau and Rachel Notley. Right? I mean, let's really get to the root of it here, people. It's about the pandemic politics of the socialists. Okay, everything else is just beyond. He's good. He's, this is good. He's you know, you'd almost think that he makes a living doing this. Yeah, you, you might think. Stephen Carter, what, what about your strategy? What does the NDP do? I mean, they grab it and they run with it. They, they, they prove that you, she can't be trusted. She cannot be trusted. This is, it's, it's not just that she uh, had the meeting. It's that she's lied about it. She's lied about this. She's lied about everything that has happened since she took office. And the lying will continue if she's elected. I had no idea they were crown prosecutors. thought they were the deputy minister. She's lying. <laughs> okay. I've got another one for you. It's that. That was actually really good, it's, too. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Good line. <laughs> one week till election day. News in Alberta never stops. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has a big announcement, guys. He's stepping oh, down. Oh. He's stepping down. He's going to oh, spend. Oh, he going to be a candidate he's for Rachel Notley? He's going to spend more time. No. He's going to spend more time with his family. Uh, but that's not all. Okay. Christia Freeland, she's the new prime minister. She's tripling the carbon tax. Go, Stephen Carter. What do you do? 
Yeah, I was friends with Justin Trudeau, but fuck this Christian Freeland person. <laughs> Corey Hogan, what do you do? I mean, it's, it's a good thing we have the Alberta Sovereignty Act, so we'll just use it somehow. <laughs> okay. Last scenario. This is the last one. This is a good one. It's a doozy. Are we still um, on scenarios? Yeah, yeah. last one. This yeah, last well, one. You're making me sweat down here. So, Rachel Notley, she's had enough. She's done. She fires Stephen Carter. Uh, we don't know. We Wait, don't this isn't know. the last week? He lasted. Yeah, last week. He lasted man. three weeks. <laughs> he lasted three weeks. We don't know the details of what he did to get fired. We do know he's got a really nice severance. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel Nolly. Rachel Nolly. There's a week left. She, she needs someone. She needs a good strategist. She talks around. Oh, boy. She hears... Corey, she makes you an offer you can't refuse. So, Corey Hogan, just to clarify, you're running the NDP strategy. Oh, so we switched. Well, no, Stephen Carter has no job. He's got a nice severance. (laughs) But, but just wait, just wait. He goes and knocks on his friend, Daniel Smith, old friend, old old buddy, Daniel Smith's door. Worked for her. Says, like, look, there's a week left. You need to win. I need a win. Let's do this. So... How do you guys bring things home for your new team? You're, you're doing UCP strategy. You're doing NDP strategy. Well, first of all, I definitely take advantage of the lapse in judgment Daniel Smith had hiring Stephen Carter. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when These we're... These are looking- my friends down here. <laughs> when, uh, when you think about that, uh, taking Stephen's strategy and running with it, what I would do, what I would probably change about Stephen's strategy is I think that what the NDP really needs... What's always been a little missing for me is, is kind of that enthusiasm for kind of a future state of Alberta that's like optimistic. Like my personal bias, my personal belief, if, if, we, if it had gone a different way and I was building the NDP strategy, mm-hmm. I would say what the NDP needs is like to really make Albertans excited about what an NDP future looks like, like an optimism about that. My, my concern with your strategy <laughs> is it's very negative, Right. And that's a, that's a place the NDPs, like, they're comfortable in opposition. But if you want to cast yourself forward, I think I would bring more positivity. And I would be talking about that future state. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood in this room. The NDP have it in them, and they would probably do it. Stephen Carter didn't do it in his show. <laughs> okay. Carter, you don't need to respond to that. You're now running a new strategy, UCP yeah. strategy. How do you bring it home? Final, final few days. Well, I think that... The big challenge is the, is the running away from media. Like Corey's point of no debates, no conversations, like that's all bang on. But at some point, it's going to be really difficult to uh, just make it all about Danielle, especially in the last week. So I'd make sure that we identified additional people that could be spokespeople that aren't Rob Anderson, that aren't Danielle Smith, that aren't associated with that. Stephen Harper did that uh, back in the day. I actually wound up being a spokesperson for Stephen Harper's Conservative Party at one point which is ludicrous, but um, apparently I changed parties. <laughs> um, but the reason was that, that they needed that old PC, right? They needed the moderate to point to and say, this is a moderate. He'll be fine. You know, don't worry. Steve, you know, Stephen Carter's there. He says that Stephen Harper's not a lunatic. We need to find some of those people. Now, the trick is finding them. Because <laughs> they all retired. The good news is that Raj and Sonny's back, so we have that going for us. Okay. We're, we're that segment there and move on to our next segment uh vox populi and we're zane take it away what's up okay i'm voice of god at the back and i only have a little bit of time i'm getting a lot of texts uh mainly about three topics uh topic number one why are you guys sitting so close to the end end of the couch (laughs) together uh it's it's weird number two Carter, your Excel skills need improvement. Corey, was that the balloon from it? Um, those are the three major themes I'm getting. I've got a bunch of questions for you. Let me start here with what people are saying. Guys, first question, Stephen Carter. How does the Alberta NDP get respected for its economic policy, especially in Calgary? I'll ask both of you that question, actually. Probably the same way that I get respect for my longevity and employment. Uh, go on. You don't. You, you know, the, the NDP always want to fight this. They always want to say things like, well, you know, the, the economy took us there. You cannot change someone's beliefs. 
You can't change someone who believes that X is X and Y is Y. Or, right? you, and it takes too much time and energy. We're now within eight weeks of this election actually occurring. We're not going to change people's fundamental belief. We have to instead change what they think is important. And what they think is important is way easier to change and way easier to get them to vote for us. That's why we're doing the negative strategy to keep the reluctant UCP voter home and the positive strategy to incent the, um, the, the, the Alberta party and the NDP and the li- whatever liberals are left, maybe you, um, to, to go out and actually vote for the NDP. That's the, that's the next... That's all there is. You cannot convince someone that you're not something else. Like, it's just, it's impossible if you've ever dated, and I don't suspect many of you have. (laughs) There is no point in trying to change people's minds about you. If they've decided you're the worst person in the world, you're not, it's not going to be a successful relationship. Corey, same question quickly for you. Yeah, well, Stephen's exactly right. Just as I talked about for the UCP, healthcare is something to deal with reactively. Like, you've got to have strong, tight answers that you can throw out very quickly in any situation, you need to be able to find a way to bridge back to ground on which you are stronger. And for the NDP, that's healthcare, that's social programs more generally, that's education. Those are the issues you want to be talking about. And if you spend your time trying to convince people, no, 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 we're the economy people, like I get the impulse, especially when you see how high it is there. But you know what else was really high? Healthcare. And you know what was a draw? Affordability. And so you have the winning ingredients there. You've got to talk about the things that naturally lend people to think of you as the answer, not things that naturally lend people to think of the opposition as the answer. Carter, this one's for you. Danielle Smith, UCP reluctant voter, the the one that wants to stay at home, the one that you need to stay at home. What is the message? Get specific. How do you keep these folks at home? Is it all about Danielle? Is it more than that? Well, I think it has to be more than just Danielle, because Danielle can point to, you know, probably two-thirds of the slides that Corey put up at the beginning of his fantastic presentation <laughs> about why to vote for the UCP. The first, you know, 40 <laughs> slides of that, uh, you know, Danielle can disavow two-thirds of that. So she, you, you need to make it about the UCP in general, the value set that they represent. You know, it's bigger than just Danielle Smith. It's Take Back Alberta. Albertans are already learning about Take Back Alberta. I'll tell you something. If you're running a PAC and you're more, you know, as well known as the party, you're not doing a very good job on your PAC. So you have to try and, you know, get in there and, and, and equate Danielle Smith as just the latest in a series of bad decisions that are being made by the UCP. There's still Jason Kenney people. There's still, um, you know, Art Pawlowski people. Like, all the people who are bad are in the UCP, except Steve. We like Steve. Corey, I'm going to ask you a question quickly, but I'm going to ask you a, a, a question that just came in. Why not run the entire Alberta NDP strategy on UCP incompetence? Well, the challenge is if you do that um, and people don't buy it, you haven't left them anything else. You've given them a great reason not to vote UCP. You haven't given them a great reason to vote NDP. And so voter turnout cuts both ways, right? You've got to have considerations as to what might make your opponents more or less enthusiastic to vote, but you've also got to have consideration for what make your supporters more or less likely to vote. And when you look at the big, dramatic change elections, 2008, Barack Obama, 2015, Justin Trudeau, do you know what you see? You see voters who don't usually vote showing up because they are motivated. They are excited. And they want to be there for you. And it doesn't just show up in the voter turnout. It shows up in that, it, that enthusiasm bleeding out onto the doors, bleeding out into conversations in the community. You've got to motivate your team. You can't just scare them. You've got to do both. But you've got to motivate your team. Corey, I'm going to start with you on this one. Calgary, you talked about its focus. Carter, you talked about Calgary's focus. At what point does focus become pandering and is pandering okay? I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing a question here where someone says, should we have a Calgary-specific platform? Should these parties go deeper than that? They asked this question at West Center. They didn't get the answer they wanted. They've turned here. They're paying their 35 bucks. Um, it's, a, it's a high price to pay, but thank you for right paying there. it, sir. Uh, to you guys, Calgary. Yeah, look, I don't know why we're running the election in 50 of the writings. It's already done. But uh, it's, it's not pandering. It's practical politics. How's that for alliteration? My Very God. Well yeah. uh, it, it's always been the case that swing writings get things, which is, by the way, why Alberta would probably benefit from being a bit more swing in a federal context. 
because if you're, if you're in the tank for one side, you don't get the things. Now, Calgary is now a battleground, and Calgary is going to swing that weight around. And in reality, like you call it pandering, but you know what that is? That's an accusation people from the outside throw. Their votes aren't up for grabs. They are going to vote NDP, or they are going to vote UCP. So fuck them. Carter, do you want to add to... Um, I'm just going to uh, look at it here. So fuck them. Do you want to add to that? <laughs> Corey, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to go with one final question here, and I want to talk about the element of people. Corey, you've talked about a lot of unsavory individuals lining up, perhaps on one side of the political spectrum. The one that you were writing the strategy for, and now we have two people leaving. Okay, yeah, that's great. Um, Corey, you wrote the strategy for the UCP. A lot of unsavory characters on that side. The question here is really a, a, an interesting one. How do you get people to care about unsavory individuals or people that they just don't like or that are, quote-unquote, good humans? How do you make that something that's a political sword rather than something that you're not able to attack? Well, look, uh, I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood as thinking that one side is rife with unsavory characters. Most people who enter politics do it for the right reasons. Do I agree with them? I don't think I agree with most people in most political parties, frankly. A little too robotic for my taste. But... Um, if, you, if you're worried about that, then I think you've got to look in the mirror and ask yourself why you're involved with those people, right? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. I'm not running. Famous political words. That's, that's never gone wrong. <laughs> um, the problem is that half the voters don't think they're unsavory. Right? Like, so, the other half think they're all unsavory. Yeah, so it, both sides, right? Like, yeah. The right will point to Drew Farrell and say that she's unsavory. Look what she did as a counselor. The left appoint her and say, she's fantastic. Look what she did as a counselor. Everything is going through the prism of how you view things. So don't sweat it. Um, you can, you, you, you're gonna, if you find bozo eruptions, put the bozo eruptions out. But the truth of the matter is, like, it takes a long time to get a bozo. It's hard to get bozo eruptions to work. So just do the work. It's about Danielle Smith and Rachel Notley. That's it, period. The candidates are almost going to be non-existent. And least I'm going to throw it over to you before I do that. Um, for those that are here as a guest of someone and have never listened to the podcast, uh, can you just give me, uh, by a round of applause, how you're feeling about this? That's, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I hope you got what you bargained for. Uh, Annalise, back to you. I mean, I mean, in our case, we've got patrons paying to listen to us monthly and showing up to the show, so we've got a whole little R-star going on ourselves. Um, Annalise, back to you. We're going to move into our last segment before intermission, the vote. Who is the better strategist? Oh, my God, I'm so uh, We need the audience. I can't super see them, so I, I think we're going to do this by applause. Uh, so just to clarify, we're going to vote for Stephen Carter with the NDP strategy, despite that like last-minute switcheroo. Yeah. So Stephen Carter's NDP strategy, Corey Hogan's UCP strategy. Let's just start with a round of applause. Who, who thinks that Stephen Carter had the best strategy? Scattered applause. Who thinks Corey Hogan had the best strategy? So guys, guys, I don't know, I don't know what you heard. I don't know what you heard, but that sounded a little too close to call. Um, and, and you said, you both said multiple times on the pod that it's women that are going to decide, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. So uh, let's, let's do the same thing, but dudes, like, sit this one out. This is just, we just need the women in the audience. Uh, so if, if you're a lady, same thing. Do you think Stephen Carter's NDP strategy, was that the better strategy? Okay. Okay. How, how about Corey Hogan's UCP strategy? Guys, something. guys, it's going to be a that, close election. <laughs> that, that, that still sounds close. So let's just drill in one last vote. Okay. Uh, you, you said suburban, suburban, suburban. women, yep. and uh, I believe it was a certain age range. Well, thirty-five plus. Thir- that was thirty-five him, yeah. plus. Is there a top yeah. limit there? Thirty-five to. We don't like to talk about top limits. Okay. <laughs> so if you are in the audience and you live in the suburbs of Calgary. And you're over the age of 35, your vote matters right now. 
There's so, like one person. So I can see Crystal. Let's hear it. Do you think Stephen Carter, NDP, had the best strategy? There's a few. Oh. There are a few suburban women over the age of 35 in this audience. What about Corey Hogan's UCP strategy? Okay, but there was a woo there, so I think... But I, I think I crushed it. Let, let's do that one, one more time, nice, nice and loud, so we can hear, so that it's like clear who won, so these guys aren't bickering for the rest of time about it. I mean, we will uh, anyways. We will anyways. Steve, Stephen Carter, NDP strategy. Give it up. Corey Hogan's, Corey Hogan's UCP strategy. I think I lost votes. There. I think Stephen Carter won. Stephen Carter, that was clear. You know what? Let's fucking I try think, something new. I think you won. <laughs> Who thinks it's Annalise that's the best host? <laughs> Who thinks it's that fucker Zane Belgi? <laughs> no one. I think you won. Okay, guys, we're gonna leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 1047 of The Strategist. I'm your host, Annalise Klingbeil. Where's our music? It's not here. I told we you told that. You was show. Show. <laughs> I'm your host, Annalise Klingbeil. With you, as always, Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan. 20-minute intermission. We will see you back in 20 minutes.